0: Welcome to Elevate Your Life and Soul. I'm your host, Marla Kennedy, life coach, EFT practitioner, mama and writer. And I am so grateful you are here today. I help women shift from self-doubt to self-love so they can feel confident. And I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you. So let's dive in and elevate your life and soul. Hey, love. I'm jumping in to invite you to my new Facebook group, The Self Love Community Tips on How to Live a Purpose Driven Life. This is a place to take everything you hear on the podcast to an even deeper level. We have conversations, live interviews, tips, all the things, and there is an amazing group women in there. So head over to Facebook and come and join us. I can't wait to see you in there. See you soon. Welcome to today's episode. Today I am talking to Sarah Griffith Griffith. and in October 2010 Sarah nearly committed suicide as a child as childhood bullying had left her so full of self-loathing and lacking in confidence. Um, She was also in a narcissistic marriage and didn't know at the time. Since then, she's been on this incredible journey of healing and self-discovery and now works as a trauma and abuse therapist, helping others overcome the negative effects of their past. Um, Hi, Sarah. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And is there anything you'd like to add to to the introduction that I missed? Please, please share.
1: Well, that was, that was a pretty good summary that summed up the important parts, and I'm, I'm sure the rest will come out as we, as we talk.
0: Yes, I'm sure it will too. And um, there's one, this one question I always love to ask when I start my interviews, and that is, how do you start your day?
1: Wow. Well, I don't always start my day like this, but my favorite way to start my day is out walking my dog.
0: Mm, beautiful and in such a like beautiful part of the world down south because we both live in southwestern australia and it's so beautiful
1: i I can't do it at the moment because i'm in isolation having recently come back from abroad and it's funny the the small things that you miss Mm. it's just that getting out in nature with the dog i normally get a takeaway coffee it's it's just my routine um, and it, it's just so grounding. And it's amazing mm. how we miss those things that ground us when we can't do them. Yeah,
0: isn't it? We can sometimes just take it so for granted as well. So it's a, such a amazing, you know, just a reminder to drop into gratitude you know, when we can do those little things every day.
1: And that it is the simple things. You know, of mm. all the things I can't do in my life at the moment, that is the thing that I am missing most being out in the forest, in the fresh air, probably just that routine of just going and talking to people, buying that coffee, just, and yeah. yeah. But it, and it's a reminder that life doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be expensive. And it, it's these really simple things that can just provide us with so much and mean so much to us. Mm, what a beautiful
0: reminder. I feel I feel like that is just, happening for everyone right now to really remind them to tune in and just connect to the simple things and remember what they already have in their lives because yeah it's a a real change for everyone um
1: excuse, I, excuse me i'm just i'm just moving position <laughs> so no okay. carry on i thought there was going to be some background noise so i'm just moving uh, no worries at all. Um,
0: and so what compelled you to become a like trauma therapist and um, to do the work that you do?
1: That really, I mean, it, it's so true what people say, that y- your passion finds you. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to unlock the keys to who you are and then suddenly a door that you weren't expecting opens up. Um, and I just found that as I did my own work, my personal growth, I started off business coaching um, and I, I added in rapid transformational therapy. It's a very specific type of therapy. It uses hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I looked at that was because Of my own, as you said, 2010, I was in a very, very bad way. Um, And then my personal journey, it took me a long time. It was a very long, painful, difficult journey. So when I started working with other people, my desire was that their journey would be quicker that they wouldn't waste so much time, that they wouldn't be in so much despair for so long. So I started to look for a quicker way and I found the rapid transformational therapy. And it, it's done for, it's, I think rapid transformational therapy because we work with the subconscious mind, which is where all the damage is done. And to me, rapid transformational therapy does for therapy what aeroplanes did for travel.
0: Mm, amazing. I love that analogy too. That's, that,
1: that's the way or, or what the car did as opposed to the horse and cart, or mm. as opposed to a horse, you know, it's just, it's that whole concept of getting there faster, getting to the real root cause um, and, and just being able to help people in a, in a such a fast way. Mm. Um, so everything that I do came out of my own journey, my own experiences, that made me who I am, but then out of obviously out of the training and everything that I did, um, and the rapid transformational therapy is is such a key component um, that sets me apart and makes me different.
0: Yeah, yeah, amazing. And so, what is your legacy? The legacy that you want to leave in the world.
1: The, the legacy, and the, I'm working more on this at the moment, the legacy that I want to leave is to really make a big impact on the way that um, emotional issues, mental health, and particularly things related to the trauma of past abuse um, are dealt with. The way the the way that people are informed about it, the way that people are given choices, and the way that therapy choices are funded, I would love to make a big impact on that. It's just about educating people, you know, because people are so conditioned to think that overcoming anything has to take a long time. You know, um, I obviously with what I do, I'll talk to people, and it's very common. Inner child work, deep inner child work, healing the inner child, is a huge part of the work that I do, because we're changing the concepts that people picked up about themselves when they were a child, and normally they're negative. And if people are in an abusive situation, whether it's sexual, physical, or emotional, um, the the damage is it's beyond words. They literally don't have a negative thought about themselves. Um, And it's, I want people to, to be educated, to understand that when we deal direct with the subconscious, we can quickly undo that damage. It doesn't have to take years. I'll get people come to me um, regularly and they're told that doing inner child work through traditional therapy will take two years. Well, with me, that's probably going to take two sessions. I mean, we work on it all the time, but I'm, no, I'm not a psychiatrist. No, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. And I will never, ever require you to come and see me for endless months or years um, for us to deal with, the, with what you're going through. Um, even for complex post-traumatic stress disorder, six sessions with me is, is what people tend to do. Um, and then we've really got them back on track. It's it's very very different, and that that is the legacy that I want to leave to change attitudes, understanding, and education around holistic therapy methods that are can be so superior to traditional talk therapy. Sorry, I said a lot there. I get very passionate. Oh no, I love it. It's
0: split talk away. It's amazing, um, and that's just so so useful and beneficial for people to you know like time people want to heal quickly and not have to like take a lot of time so that's that's amazing it's so so needed yeah really needed and what hurdles have you personally faced and um or an example of one and how have you overcome them
1: do you do you mean personally or in my business life or does it not really really matter? Um,
0: whatever speaks to you, whatever like is coming forward to come out, that is what will be perfect.
1: So I probably have I have two big ones. The the one I have at the moment is I just kind of touched on it. The one I have on the moment is is people are stuck in the belief that it must take a long time. Mm. That it's not possible to do this work in just a few sessions. Um and that's really difficult. And again, I go back to, yeah, but people didn't believe that we could fly, you know, mm. until it happens. There's always innovation. There's always something better. Um, so that, that's a big hurdle for me. Mm. And I didn't understand this at the time. But what I have to accept is that in all of the personal work that I've done, all of the healing, all of the growth, the biggest hurdle has always been me. Mm, Yeah. And for anyone who is doing anything, it doesn't matter what your outside circumstances or situation are. When you understand always that the biggest hurdle is you and you take responsibility for everything, not everything that's happened to you, because you don't control that, especially as a child. But -hmm. what we do control is how we respond. Yes, what we what we do next Mm -hmm. and and the thoughts that create the actions that create the results. We are responsible for every thought that we have. We control them and we can change the outcome of anything for ourselves by changing the thought that we have about it. Mm -hmm. And it's having done the work now looking back, we can blame so many other things. You know, we'll blame a person, a circumstance, a situation, our finance, our, our physical condition. But really, when you look back, it was all me. Mm-hmm. I, I was what was in the way, always. Yeah. That's, it's where my clients always get to as well. You no. Know, oh, it's, absolutely. It's not a question of blaming anyone. You know, you're not responsible for what happens to you, you're just responsible for what you do with that. Once, once you realize, once you realize that you have choice, yeah, you know, it really is your choice what you do with this and, and what you do about it, yeah,
0: yeah, I totally agree. I, I mean, I, for me as well, the same thing. It's always been how I've responded, and that was the like so many of the like issues that I had in my life just stemmed back to how I was responding. And I was probably not responding. I was more reacting to things. Um, so Yeah. And I wanted to just ask you something as well. When you were mentioning about the people think it takes a long time, do you feel that some of that is attributed to marketing? Because I believe that a lot of people out there really feel that it has, you know, you have to sign up for something that's going to be for a longer period of time um, to get the results. Um,
1: yeah, well, and, and also, I mean, cer- certainly the longer you work on something, the deeper a result you're going to get. Mm. Uh, in the work that I do most people who come to me they either have you know they've got extreme anxiety or a deep depression or complex post-traumatic stress disorder and traditional therapy tells them that it takes a long time what from what they've seen of other people and from what they are told you know Mm. when they are told that we need to start on your inner child work and it's going to take two years and they know multiple other people who've been the same, who've been told the same thing. It becomes the norm. So yes, it's about what people are told, and it's about people hearing a different story and seeing a different result and undoing these beliefs that have been ingrained. You know, um, but certainly I know what you're saying, and there's a lot of stuff online that that does try to get people to sign up for things for a long time and Mm -hmm. I guess depending on what they are things take a long time to develop you learn you grow um so yeah so it's it's combinations and it really depends but so much misinformation about what's possible Mm -hmm. absolutely And people just buy into it and just accept it. Because the the big thing I come across is when I try and say to people, well, we can probably deal with your deep depression in three sessions. You know, work with me for three sessions and I promise you all of this will change. And then they're like, yes, but if that was possible, my doctor would have said so. You know, or my doctor has told me. Oh, I need this anti-anxiety med. Oh, I've been told that my depression is due to a chemical imbalance. I mean, all these things that just keep people stuck and none of it is necessary. None of it. We, we need to be telling people a different story so that they take ownership of their physical and their mental health rather than relying on tablets and, and all this old, old information. The problem is our health system is such a big machine that, that to change attitudes and to change information that gets fed to people, it's it's a mammoth task. It will happen because people are becoming more educated. People can find out about people like me and methods like mine online now. Yeah. People who bother. Some people don't. You know, I'll be talking to people about anxiety and They've just accepted carte blanche, whatever they've been told in the doctor's surgery. And they have, they have no concept that maybe their anxiety comes from their childhood or maybe it's something they've learned. And heaven forbid, it's something that they can recover from, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not their fault. It's just what they're being taught and told. And we need to change this. We really do. That's a big part of my mission at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, a tough one. it's tough.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, and where, where do limiting beliefs come
1: from? Limiting beliefs, actually, they come from childhood. Mm-hmm. All the things. You, what people have to understand is that everything that you believe about yourself and whatever is running your life is a childhood blueprint. So the way you set yourself up for life is ingrained in you by the time you're kind of 8 or 10 and certainly by the time you're 12. So the stories that you hear when you are young, you see, children are very malleable. They're very impressionable. So what they hear and gather from their environment goes in and stays in. And it creates these major neural pathways, the childhood blueprint, the thoughts you have about yourself that get carried into your adult life. So the stories you hear about what you can be, what you can do with your life, what you should do, money stories, stories about relationships. This is We're a product of our environment and the limiting beliefs you have come from what you were either told about yourself, what you perceived, because children are very good at perceiving things that aren't actually true. It might work with someone, let's say, who, has, um, who, who feels that like, they'll have a really deep depression and then we discover that it's because they feel unlovable, but they don't have a past of abuse, so they have no idea where this has come from. Mm. Now, this is unusual. Most people who feel this have a past of abuse and they have reason to feel unlovable, but let's say they don't have that, so they don't understand where these feelings come from. And when we do the rapid transformational therapy and we use hypnosis, we'll go back and they'll be able to see themselves as a child and maybe they'll, be, they'll say, oh, I'm at home and I'm sad and lonely because I'm by myself, my mum's at work. And they'll realize that what they picked up as a child was that they were not important to their mother, that she would rather be at work. Mm-hmm. Whereas the reality is, That their mum was a single mum. She was working to support three children. She desperately wanted to be at home with her kids. She loved and adored them, but she had to work. But that is not how children process things. And it can, honestly, it can be something as simple as that. That doesn't happen often. But do you see how children, they perceive things. My mum isn't with me. She doesn't want to be with me. It must be my fault. If only I was better, you know, and this is one of the problems that I definitely come across where um, children have been abandoned by one parent where parents split up um, and the children don't look at it and say, my dad has left my mom. My dad has left me. Mm. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. There must be something wrong with me. These stories, these are the limiting beliefs that run through everything. Mm-hmm. They, honestly, there's there's barely a person in the world that couldn't benefit from discovering the actual thoughts they picked up as a child, where they come from, and how they are affecting their everyday life. Mm, yeah, I that it um, yes, yeah,
0: it's, it's it almost scares me to think that um that's the impact they can have from our childhood and stuff and you know like I'm a mama to two little ones and it just brings you know really makes me think about how mindful and careful I am with how I approach being a mom because that's just it's incredible it's a it's a big thing like um
1: and it might not be you don't forget they have these they have these influences it might be a teacher It might be a teacher who is always sharp with them, always putting them down, never praising them. Now, the good thing is that when children generally have a a solid foundation, so the person that means the most to them, the person whose opinion they care about most is their parents, which Mm -hmm. is why childhood abuse is so devastating. Mm -hmm. Because children, the betrayal that goes with it, and they have no sense of safety, no sense of security, no one building them up in their young, informative years. But for children like yours, just imagine now the opportunity we have with the education we have. We know now about parenting. We know how all of this impacts our children at such a young age. And even if someone outside of you does something negative that affects your children, their solid foundation has something for them to fall back on. And they have you to turn to, to check this with, to tell you about it. And, and they trust you enough to be able to do that. So as long as the home environment is loving and supportive and caring, on the whole, kids are going to be fine. But mm-hmm. what about when they don't have that? You know, w- when that is where the damage is being done. And... Uh, I, I listen to people in their late teens, early 20s, um, and some of the things that have been said to them, some of the things they've seen and observed and experienced growing up, um, it's it's no wonder they're damaged. It's no wonder they think that they have no value and worth and that they don't deserve a great life. This is another big concept, people picking up the idea that they don't deserve because that's what they're told. Mm. Children are often told you don't deserve, you don't deserve. And they believe that they don't deserve a great career, a loving partnership, a wonderful life. It just, it all translates through. Unfortunately, what is in the subconscious stays in the subconscious until we change it. Mm. And to change it, we have to know what's there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so how can you recognize these limiting beliefs and, and rapidly change them?
1: That's a really good question. So the way that I always think that the easiest way for people to do this, to recognize their limiting beliefs, and I know not everyone wants to to do this, but journaling is a great way of recognizing patterns. Hmm. Because when, when you journal stuff, so, what, oh, oh, this is what, I, I thought about doing this, but th- then I had this thought. So it might be, oh, I I would love, I'd love to open a clothes shop, let's say,
0: mm. um,
1: but I'm too afraid. And what I'm afraid of is, uh, oh, but I know I'm not good enough. I know I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. And then to recognize those, not even the same thought, it might be about something different, but about how these things that hold you back, how they occur all the time. And when you journal, you can do that. And if you don't want to journal, just notice. It doesn't have to be detailed, just make little notes to yourself. And, and the same thing with behavior. Sometimes your limiting beliefs show in your behavior. So that might be where someone asks you to do something and you don't want to but you don't say no ever or rarely.
0: Mm. Now
1: check that behavior make a note of that because why why am i so afraid of upsetting someone am i afraid of com- afraid of conflict am i afraid they're going to abandon me and start to work these things through. So it's in recognising our thoughts and our behaviours that we can actually even get a picture of how we're behaving and start to ask ourselves why. People-pleasing is huge. And again, that, that's rooted in childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and how can you collaborate with your mind so that it works with you and not against you?
1: Oh. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that really follows on from from the last one. Mm. And I mean, your mind has quite, um, quite basic rules. It's not as complex as, as people think. And the way to collaborate with your mind, there's a few things to understand that really, really help you. And every time once you understand this, every time you see this check yourself and ask yourself what's going on so there's two things the first thing is that your mind loves what's familiar mm. it, your mind is your mind's job your your mind is running on ancient dna and a primal survival system so it loves what's familiar your your mind doesn't care if you're thriving it cares if you're surviving so every time you have a new thought or think about doing something different, your mind is going to give you a fear reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, not, not an amazing fear reaction, but it's going to alert you. It's going to pay attention and it is going to want you not to do it. And a lot of people would just take this and go, oh, well, if I feel like that, I'm not supposed to do it. That's not how your mind works. you're supposed to do when you get an alert like that is kind of recognize it and say why have I got this alert oh okay it's my fear system it's because I'm trying to do something new I'm moving out of my comfort zone and my mind is alerting me that this is new and it might be dangerous Mm. but then work it through for yourself and that is if you can grasp that one rule of the mind That's a really great concept because that keeps a lot of people stuck where they are because they don't understand how the mind is working. And the other one is, the big one is, this is what we were saying earlier about being in control of our thoughts. Your mind reacts to the words and images that you feed it. You have absolute control of how any situation turns out for you the action that you take, the result that you get by the words and images that you feed your mind. And the situation we're in at the moment is absolute classic. If you are in fear and anxiety and telling your mind every day, this is a disaster, it's going to be this, this is awful, I can't do this, I can't do that, then your mind is responding to that and feeding that and that is becoming your reality because what you give purpose and energy to it becomes reality but if you turn this around and you say okay well I can't do that but this is a time for me to do this at least now I've got time to do this Um, this is a time the whole world is having a reset we're all looking inwards we're all slowing down we've all got an opportunity here Within minutes, your mind is focusing in a different way. Mm. Your mind is focusing on the opportunity, not the negativity. And you controlled that. All you did was change what you were telling your mind. Yeah. That's a huge way to collaborate with your mind. If every time you catch yourself saying something negative or something that isn't grounded in the present, something that's based on the theory, the fantasy of what may or may not happen. If you stop yourself and you change everything negative that you are feeding to your mind about yourself, about your environment, you see huge difference very, very quickly. Very quickly.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I, I totally agree. I love that. I've really found that... I've been consciously doing that a lot in this time, just really focusing on what are the opportunities here, what possibilities are available to me. And it's amazing. All this stuff is just like flowing right now and really just opening it up. And it's definitely a mindset shift and that stuff. So, yeah.
1: You Um, could um, actually block that. If you just had um, your thoughts going a different way, none of that would be happening. You, mm. you will be blocking all of that, which goes back to what I said in the beginning where we are our biggest hurdle always.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and what do you th- feel is most people's barrier to healing?
1: I think it's, and we've already touched on these, it's partly education. Mm-hmm. It's partly where they, the, the old ways, the ingrained ways, Um, the old information is what they're working from. That's, that's a huge barrier where people are given misinformation. Um, but then the other one is what we just touched on where the mind wants to stay with the familiar, Mm. even if it doesn't serve you, even if you're really unwell, change is difficult because you have to get over this barrier of the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing is, as well, people have an identity in who they are now. And the thought of changing that identity, when you become someone else, lots Mm -hmm. of things in your life change. And people actually have a fear. People fear success as much as they fear failure. Mm -hmm. People fear getting well as much as they fear being unwell because of the enormous changes that that will bring. You know, I worked with an alcoholic some time ago and in two sessions, she made amazing leaps and bounds. And after our second session, and it was obvious she was doing really, really amazing. And after our next follow up session, the biggest hurdle she had was her husband. Her husband suddenly didn't like the fact that she wasn't an alcoholic. He couldn't hold it against her. He couldn't accuse her of things. He didn't have the control that he had. He didn't like that she was becoming well. Do you see? And so these changes that people have to navigate, what will happen in my life? Who will I lose? What will change? So even though the changes are good and they're positive, they're, they're still difficult things for people to think about and, and to navigate. And it all comes down to this, needing to stick with the familiar because even though it doesn't it doesn't serve us we know it which is which follows out when people repeat patterns people repeat their childhood patterns people who have narcissistic parents get into narcissistic relationships mm. people who have abusive parents get into abusive relationships um because it doesn't serve them but they the mind is drawn to the pattern because the pattern is familiar so mm-hmm. the, the pattern is attractive and it's um yeah it's it's ridiculous the way our mind works it's it's not as clever as as we make out you know it's uh yeah so it's recognizing the these things but yeah. those are the barriers. There are lots of barriers, but I think those, those are the main ones. People actually get concerned about who am I going to become? You know, how is my life going to change? Even people who are used to receiving um, benefits for, for being sick well, what happens if I get well and I can't get my benefits? Well, then I've got to get a job and I haven't worked for years and I've got to put myself out there and meet with people. And the biggest problem, of course, is they're seeing those issues from who they are now Mm. and they don't understand that they will become the person who can do all of those things.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard people say that as well, that they, you know, they don't want to even try to start a business or do anything like that because they'll leave their government benefits if they do that. And,
1: right. And they're really stuck in. Yeah, so it keeps you know, people stuck. Yeah. and Because they see themselves as they are now and they don't, they don't understand, they, they kind of look at it and say, well, how could I ever build that into anything? Oh, goodness. Oh, hello, I <laughs> know. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he says you've been puppy. talking to someone else for too long
0: yeah
1: sorry yeah so they because they see themselves as they are now Mm. and they don't understand the enormous growth potential that's within them and who they can become and who they will become when they do the right things so yeah those those are very definite and real huge barriers for people Mm. um and so what makes
0: you feel inspired or like your best self
1: I honestly that has to be that's the work that I do with my clients. Yeah, beautiful. my clients just they're amazing. Mm. They they've all been through anyone who comes to me has been through a lot. And most people have been trying different therapies for years. Mm. So they amaze me because they have so much courage. Yeah. Um and they even from deep within, they're still pulling something from within themselves that they, they believe that despite all these years of whatever they've been through, that they can heal, that there is a way forward. And they trust me. And for people who've been abused for years and people who've worked on therapies that haven't worked for them, to be given that trust, that's an incredible honor. And that inspires me. So the work that my clients do, the way they face what they've been through and the way they look inwards and really pull things from deep within themselves Um, and the changes they make and the way they embrace those changes, I, I get inspired by every client I work with. Even someone who books into my calendar, that inspires me because that takes courage. They don't know me. They've been through a lot. And here they are booking into my calendar to talk to me. That's inspiring. Mm, you know, isn't it? every step of my client's journey, all of them inspire me always. And I get my growth and my continuous healing from working with them. So I give a lot to them, but they give a lot to me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a very, very privileged place to be yeah
0: yeah um and what are you curious about right now
1: i think that's probably changed in the last couple of weeks because i'm very curious about where the world is going Mm. what are we going to learn from what has just happened are we going to learn anything oh yeah i was wondering i've been wondering that too How, how how are things going to change And I'm not just talking about change personally, but if you look at it, and it's very easy to get distracted by just the virus, and I don't normally talk politics or anything like that, um, but financially, Mm. what is this creating? This huge financial breakdown worldwide, Mm. Where, where does that go? We've never seen anything like that before. What what is really happening that's what I'm curious about where where is this leading mm. yeah. that's that's a big that's a big question and not in a not in a panicked way not in an anxious way just in a because I'm very solid in myself um just curious just mm. looking for the clues just yeah yeah
0: no I but, understand that
1: definitely for, for ourselves what what can we learn? What are we learning? What did we miss before? Mm. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Interesting times to be asking that question. What are you curious about? That's a great question.
0: Isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I love curiosity, and um, I think there's a lot of. It's a beautiful time to get curious. It's a, I think it's really important, and I'm really curious about that as well, and seeing if we do learn anything. Because mm. I mean, I I'm full of hope and belief that we can learn so much from this just whether we will
1: it's almost like this is the shake-up that needed to happen mm. there was so much it was almost like you were struggling to to find what what was left that was great about life and about the world There was there was so much that was detracting from the amazing planet that we've been given to mm. to live in Yeah. So it's it was like a big shakeup had to happen, and it's it's almost like Mother Nature herself said, "Okay, you're not listening. Well, listen to this." Yeah, I know. (laughs) And then
0: you hear all these stories of how well the like the Earth is thriving now, and all these these incredible stories of like clear waters that have been murky for years and stuff. And it, to me, it makes me wonder: Are we going to like go back out there? And what are we going to do when we go back out to yeah. like the planet? Are we going to take more care? It's, it's I'm really curious. It's really.
1: Well, we've, got, we've got we've got such amazing opportunities for change. You know, um, with businesses realizing that maybe people can very efficiently and even more efficiently work from home.
0: Mm, yeah. You
1: know, I understand certainly that that can't always be the case, but how many realizations are there going to be that we can do things differently and that there is a better way? Yeah. Uh, And even with, I'm very disappointed the markets, the wet markets in Wuhan have apparently opened again, but I'd like to think that around the world we will look at our food. Because mm-hmm. the, the environmental impact of keeping animals for food um, was, was a huge, huge factor um, in our carbon emissions. And mm-hmm. no one was doing anything about it. So mm-hmm. um, all of those things n- need looking at. You know, and and when, when the world starts to get up and running again, we need to do things differently, so many things differently. Mm. Otherwise, Mother Nature is just gonna have her day again
0: yeah, it'll just it'll throw down something even stronger, I'm sure yeah, so, um, yeah. and what's what's your favorite book and why
1: My favorite book, wow, I have so many so do I I am. Such a bookworm, but I'm I'm going to go for one that I mean it stayed with me, and I read it. So I read it years ago. It is a personal development book, and it's called "Get Out of You." This also this will fit totally with what I've been saying. Get out of your own way by Larry Winget. Oh, I never heard of it. Oh goodness me! And I think for a lot of people, if you're starting on personal development books, don't start there. <laughs> it is where I started, um, but for me, it's you know this saying that like you you can't hear things until you're ready, and yeah. when I picked up this book, I was so ready for it. It's very direct. Larry Wing Larry Winger, he's he's not the nice, soft, gentle person in person. <laughs> yeah he's the Rottweiler of person. oh right I've, I've he kind of. Picked him. Him up shakes you and, and says it how it is. Yeah. And his book, it, it, it accuses you all the way through of creating the mess you're currently in <laughs> and um, of being who you are and of what you can do to change it. It's very, very confronting. And I know I recommended it to people afterwards before I knew what I knew now. And, and most people just can't handle it. But yeah. I was ready for it, and it was like every sentence I read in that book really, really spoke to me. Um, um, I'm going to go look it up. I was in my own way. It's yeah. very confronting. <laughs> and it stayed with me all these years later. It sounds
0: like a, quite the metaphor for life right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if you, want, if you want a gentle approach, don't read that one. If you want someone <laughs> to pick you up and shake you, out of your reverie and leave you quaking in your boots. Then <laughs> that, that is the book.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to check that out. You know, I use a good shakedown. Um, and what profession other than your own would you love to attempt? Wow.
1: I'd probably love to be an artist mm. because I love creating. Yeah. I love color. Mm. and I, I see beauty in so many things and I see, I see metaphor and abstract in things. I'm a very visual person. Um, yeah, and I, I would love, maybe when I retire, if I doubt I'll ever retire, but when I slow down, when I slow yeah. down, I'd probably like to do some painting because I think I probably could. Yeah, yeah. It's just not my time yet. Yeah, but that, I would love love to be able to paint and express myself through painting. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that there's always there's always time to start new hobbies and stuff. Always uh, right time. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always time to change as well. My, yeah. one of my oldest client at the moment is 71.
0: Oh, beautiful.
1: 71. She's been dealing with narcissistic abuse her whole life. And she said to me, I've got 10 or 20 years left and I don't want to spend it feeling like this. Yeah. seventy one. That's inspiring.
0: That is inspiring. inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, because you often hear people say, oh, I'm too old to do that. And, uh that, that hurts my heart. I find that, you know, there's always opportunity and possibility. And yeah, that's a perfect, beautiful, really, really great example of that. It is never, you're never too old. No. Yeah. Um, and what do you wish you knew when you first started out?
1: Um, in, in business or in this particular business? Oh, uh, it's
0: or is life, for um, I guess on your like when you, your fine kind of like journey to self development, um, like
1: yeah, I, what I wish I knew in the beginning is that I could get to where I am now. Mm. Because this this goes back to we start out as who we are, and we only know ourselves as who we are. And if I had known I was going to get to the person I am today, I would have worked harder to do it. I would have got there faster. Because getting to the person that you love being with every day, Mm. that's an amazing place to be. And that's not from an egotistical point of view. That's just having the confidence and knowing who you are and being able to love yourself. And for most people, that's a concept they don't understand. But when you get there and you know what it feels like and you know it's taken a few years to get there, yeah, I would have, if I had known I could feel like this about myself and about my life and other people, I would have worked harder to get there faster.
0: Mm.
1: So what would you say to that That fresh version of yourself keep going mm. keep going this is the tip of the iceberg personal development personal growth self actualization who mm. we can be what we can do what we can achieve it's infinitesimal it mm. it doesn't it doesn't have a cap just keep going keep enjoying it keep embracing it keep learning keep growing mm. yeah it's, it's all part of what I do. That's why I love having clients that inspire me. Yeah. Um, and if you could remove all barriers and constraints,
0: what project, um would you love to work on and be known for?
1: It's, it's probably not something... Well, I probably would get known for this. But... And, and this is probably kind of a hobby. I, I should probably be thinking about something more more serious and more, um, more impactful than this. But what I would really love to do is if I had the money and the time and there were no constraints, I would probably love to own a massive private island and do dog rescue. Oh, beautiful. That's yeah. that's like I've got a dog he's a rescue dog my last dog was a rescue dog I think as people we have such a lot to answer for for the way that we treat animals Mm. uh, they're vulnerable they're helpless they rely on us and what we do to them is and it's no surprise because people treat children that way so Mm. you know the horrors of the human race that we are uh, but yeah, dog rest. I love dogs. They're, they're incredible. They're wonderful. My dog just gives me so much. And uh, yeah. yeah, if if I had carte blanche, but probably more as, as a, as a joyful thing to do, that's, that's what I would love to do. That would just give me so much, so much pleasure.
0: Mm. Yeah. Aww. Um, and what's the best compliment you ever received?
1: I think, I think it's when, and this, this, this happens, I, it must just be the way that people perceive me. I'm not sure that it's, there's one in particular, but it, it's when I'm doing work with my clients and they tell me things like, you are absolutely heaven sent. You, what you do is truly a gift from God. Oh, you are an angel here on earth. Mm. Those kind of things, those kind of phrases, they just tell me that I'm doing something special for people. Yeah. And people don't say those kind of things um, in, in a normal setting. No. You know, for special reasons.
0: Yeah, it's so meaningful, isn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah. yeah the, and that, so those kind of compliments, those are the ones that mean the most to me because of the impact that I know it has had for someone to come out with a phrase like that. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, And what's something that your work's done for a client that you didn't expect?
1: Um, It's funny because I I should expect it, but it always surprises me and it shouldn't surprise me because I know it's part of the work, but it always surprises me when people have, serious physical conditions that we know have an emotional root cause Mm. and without even working on them when we do the emotional work the physical conditions all clear up Mm. Um, so and that that happens all the time Um, but there's a particular one where a woman had fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. and I said to her I said oh don't worry your fibromyalgia will go when we do the work and a few weeks later, once we'd uncovered her extreme stress and she'd started to deal with it, her fibromyalgia went. Mm. And then very recently, I worked with a woman, and she had had she was fifty four, and she'd had psoriasis since she was 50, since she was four, so she'd had it for 50 years, and she also had really bad arthritis in her toes.
0: Mm.
1: And I was doing a session with her, and when the session finished. She said to me, I almost couldn't wait for that session to finish to tell you that my arthritis in my toes left as we did that session. She said, I felt it go. I was moving my toes. Um, that was really exciting. Yeah. Um, and then a few days later, she phoned me and said her psoriasis had gone. That's incredible. That's, yeah. Wow. And, and uh. this, is, this is the connection between the body and the mind what disturbs us emotionally disturbs us physically. Yes. Yeah, so you people don't understand, if you don't take care of your emotional issues, then your mind and body will create a physical symptom that you have to take notice of. And most people don't realise. Most people don't realise that's what's happening. You know, yeah. severe headaches, back, neck, shoulder pain, so many autoimmune diseases, they all have emotional root causes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because I have um,
0: vitiligo on my skin and I grew up and I literally grew up wishing I was white. My end because of high life oh. and now I have vitiligo and I truly, truly believe that that was a manifestation of me not accepting myself and not...
1: Well, um, it is. You've mm. told your mind you want to be white and your, your mind is changing your skin. Mm. Absolutely. You've told yeah. your subconscious you want something, it's giving it to you. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I, I remember,
0: like, yeah, I always I used to say that to people, and I, because I knew I, I could see the relationship. And I think a lot of the coaching, like my training and stuff, I've really, since it's happened, like it happened before I was really aware of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I always like could see that relationship and stuff. So yeah, it's really interesting.
1: And, and the same can happen with things like inexplained fertility. Mm. you know where someone let's say someone was 17 years old and they were had a steady boyfriend and they're constantly saying to themselves i mustn't get pregnant i mustn't get pregnant i mustn't get pregnant mm. well that's then their mind thinks they mustn't get pregnant mm. and the mind hasn't caught up the mind is still in that 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 happens all the time those kind of things mm. yeah our mind and body are connected and we can't, we can't treat them separately. They're not, they're connected. What affects one affects the other for sure. Definitely. Um, And so what
0: does elevating your life and soul mean to you?
1: I think that for me, that is definitely about being a service to others that's about recognizing and developing the gift that I have investing in that and yeah I'm being there for other people my input into other people is a huge part of my life and accounts accounts for the joy that I have in my life for sure yeah so that's what it is for me um
0: and is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wish I'd asked today before I go into sharing how people can connect with you?
1: No, there's there's only I I think that maybe maybe the the only question that sometimes gets gets missed and it's not just you people miss is what's next? Mm. What's next? So one of the things that I'm working on at the moment, and again, this is seeking opportunity in what's happened. Mm. This is a big project that I've had on the back burner, looking at it going, that's too big and I haven't got time. Mm. Um, And I'm actually, I'm launching my own podcast. Amazing. Launching a podcast and it's called um, Becoming the Light from the Shadows of Abuse. And what I want to do is to interview women who have have abuse in their past and have overcome that abuse Mm. to create something, to be something. And it it could be like I've got people lined up who've created huge businesses, but it could just be that someone has found the love of their life and learned to have a loving relationship. Mm. It could just be that they have learned to get through the day without anxiety Mm. because all of those things reach different people on different levels. Someone who's crippled by anxiety can't relate to the person who's running a multi-million dollar business, but they can relate to the woman who was in their shoes and has overcome their anxiety to be able to do ordinary things um, without that anxiety. Mm. So yeah, so that's so it's it's all aimed at inspiring women who are currently in abusive situations. Because so often they feel trapped, they feel helpless, useless, and they think they can't have. There's no way out, and I'm just hoping that by sharing the stories of other women who have been there and have overcome, it will give them the courage, um, and it it will light that path. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I truly believe it will. I th- I think it's giving <laughs> permission for. People to sh- to share their own vulnerability and be open to possibility. So that's, I think that's a really needed and useful topic and really heartwarming. So, yeah, I personally know I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for that. So, oh
1: great. Well, I'll let you know when we when we launch it. I'm working on it at the moment. So for me, yeah, that do do I like what's happened at the moment? No, but will something extremely positive come out of it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. i'll make sure that it does and as you said it's about always being curious and just looking for those opportunities creating those opportunities Mm -hmm. i would have been easy to sit back and say no i'm going to spend two weeks watching netflix while i've got all my other work as well you know i'm going to slow down i'm going to free up some space for myself yeah there's an opportunity here to really do something that could have a big impact so that's why i'm working on
0: definitely um and so how can people connect with you what do you have what offers do you have out there
1: yeah so i've got i'm assuming you put the links do you I'll put in the, the sh- links yeah. yeah so the best way the way to find out about me is my website www.sallyg.com. I'm also I'm on all the platforms. I don't do much on Instagram. I do most of my stuff on Facebook, Mm -hmm. although that will change. But I do have a very big YouTube channel as well. Okay. So I'll send you the links for that if I haven't already. I can't remember. So I've got a big YouTube channel. I put lots of videos on there uh, to help people deal with different things. Um, I've also recently launched. a masterclass to tell people about the five beliefs that they need to overcome to rapidly overcome CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So I was, yeah, if you, if you haven't got the links for all of those, um, I'll send them through to you. But right. the best way to is to have a look at my website um, to find out about me and then contact me. Um, I've got various ways of working with me and um, I never work with anyone until I've had a free 30 minute session with them Mm -hmm. because I want, I want to understand them. I want them to know me, make sure we're a good fit. And I want to make sure I'm going to get a result for them. So Mm -hmm. we'll only work with, you can't just book in and turn up or just end up on a call with me. The work is much deeper than that. And and I have to, um, I have to set things up properly.
0: Yeah. Yeah amazing
1: yeah
0: this has been such a pleasure thank you so thank you. much for being here today I've, i really appreciate it. i've loved having you
1: thank um, you for having me and uh, yeah thank you to people like you who are helping us all to get these these so important messages out there um to help people stop living with with these old ways these old beliefs these mm-hmm. old expectations I'm realising that there is a different way, you know. I think things are changing and they can change too. So I appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I really am so grateful. And if you really love this episode, I'd love you to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me an honest review. Let me know what you love about the podcast and what you'd love more of because your honest feedback really helps me make it the best it can possibly be. Thank you so much and I'll see you on the next one.